And welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some readers might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Kayla, the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Happy December. Today, I'm going to be reading from The Talent Thief by Mike Thayer, who's also the author of The Double Life of Danny Day, if you've read that. This is a middle grade book that was just published February of this year, so it's their newest novel. And here is the summary. Tiffany Tudwell is cursed. She once tripped over a backpack and fell face first into a trash can. She had pink eye on picture day. One time, she tried to hold back a sneeze and farted on the cutest boy in class. She longs for the spotlight, but knows it's safer to stay hidden in the shadows where the curse can't reach her and no one can make fun of her. Until the night, two meteors collided over her backyard, giving Tiffany the ability to steal people's talents for a day. Like stealing Mean Girl Cadence's beautiful singing voice in the middle of rehearsal, or drawing an incredible self-portrait after borrowing the teacher's pencil, her power even gets the attention of the most popular boy in school, the smooth-talking Brady Northrup. But her powers can't solve everything. Or can they? When a local philanthropist announces a fundraiser contest, Tiffany, with Brady's help, decides to use her power to save her dad's failing planetarium and maybe discover her own talents along the way. Ooh. So this is a fiction with some sci-fi fantasy elements. It's about finding your talent and developing self-confidence. It has some astronomy, magical realism, and some cosplay with humor. So let's see what the first chapter is like. And there's a prologue for this as well. So we'll read the prologue and the first chapter. They're both fairly short. So the prologue starts, Cursed. With her dying breath, my loving, sweet grandma left me with something I never expected, a curse. Tiffany, Mimi whispered, her soft, wrinkled palm cupping my cheek. Be brave. Let the world see my shining star. Her last words were hardly audible as she relaxed back into her bed, her hands slipping from my face. She was gone. That was two years ago today. And look, I get it. I know it doesn't sound like much of a curse, and I'm like 65% sure legit curses aren't actually real, but I don't know how else to explain my sudden turn in bad luck over the last 730 days. I haven't even hit puberty yet, like a handful of other 12-year-old girls, so I can't blame it on that. I'll prove it to you, that it's a curse. Not that I haven't hit puberty. That would be weird. Let's just go straight to the dictionary and see if what my grandma said at least fits the definition of a curse. Was it a solemn utterance? Check. Has it inflicted harm and punishment upon its intended victim? Double check. Did it invoke a supernatural power? Okay, maybe not literally, but I will let my track record speak for itself here. I know my grandma was only trying to get me to come out of my shell a little bit, telling me to be bold, to let the world see the real Tiffany Tudwell. 
as some kind of motivational poster or meme, that all sounds dandy. In practice, however, things have played out. What's the opposite of dandy? Undandy? Anti-dandy? They've played out poorly, let's just say that. Over and over again. Don't believe me? Well, I've got three journals full of this stuff. So buckle up. November 17th of last year, I was a bit under the weather and had a couple of sneezing fits. The first time I blew straight through my tissue and covered my hands in snot. The second time I somehow missed the tissue and shot a giant wad of mucousy goo on Ellie Bird's leg. Then fearing another snot rocket, I tried to hold back my sneeze, but ended up pushing out a fart right as Barry DeLuca, the cutest boy in class, was bending down to pick up a pencil. Yeah, that's right. I farted directly into the face of the cutest boy in class. Can anyone else claim that one? And that was just one day. Thumbing through the rest, we've got other classics. On September 5th, I tripped over a backpack and fell face first into the trash can. March 23rd, I was too nervous to ask to use the bathroom and peed my pants. I've gone into the wrong restroom, been pantsed in front of a hundred students, had pink eye on picture day. And this isn't even mentioning the granddaddy of them all, the one that kicked this whole thing off, the time I became an internet sensation for all the wrong reasons, thanks to our evil popularity overlord, Candace Palmer. But we don't speak of Candace Palmer. When Mimi died, a counselor told me about the five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I miss my grandma so much that it hurts, but I've accepted it. So I guess I'm at stage five there. With the curse, I seem to just spin around in circles on stages one through four. At any given time, I'm confused, frustrated, trying to find meaning, and helpless. But I absolutely refuse to move to stage five. I just cannot accept that Mimi would do this to me. Now without some grand reason behind it all. For now, I've learned to avoid putting myself in situations where I'm exposed. No volunteering for stuff, no speaking up in public, limited eye contact with people. Since the Candace issue, I even changed my hair and let my cool green color fade back to its natural brown. I've toned down the way I dress, put away my collection of funky earrings, and generally tried to blend into the background of life, which I realize is kind of the exact opposite of what Mimi wanted me to do. Look, what do you want from me? There is no need to keep trying to climb over the electric fence once you know it's got 10,000 volts of social embarrassment on it. There's nothing wrong with keeping my distance and trying to find the off switch. Luckily, Tudwells were built for punishment. Not the greatest talent in the world, but one that certainly comes in handy when you're cursed. Chapter 1 curtain call. I stood alone, tucked away in the shadows, where no eyes would see me, where the curse couldn't harm me. In front of me, a spotlight painted a bright circle in the middle of the stage floor. All it would take was 13 steps. I'd measured it, paced it out a dozen different times when no one else was around. Just 13 steps forward, and I would be bathed in light, ready for the world to see me. A rhythmic thumping drummed from the auditorium speakers as the music started. I swallowed back a rising nervousness, but my feet didn't move. No matter how much I wanted to know what that light would feel like, how much it would warm my soul, 
My curse fed on the light. And so I don't perform in spotlights. I pointed the spotlights. Actually, that's not exactly true. I didn't even do that. Still, too much exposure. I was a curtain jockey, pulling curtains open and closed from the cover of darkness. I was tech crew, good for avoiding curses, bad for trying to break them. Those 13 steps towards center stage might as well have been 13 million. I watched as Candace Palmer, wireless mic in hand, strode forward and paused, the bright light casting silvery glints in her shiny black hair. Her high-rise jeans, chunky sneakers, and crop-top hoodie were the epitome of Wyoming middle school fashion. Her outfit would be different during the actual performance of Peter Pan, of course. But whatever she wore, I was sure she'd look amazing. She lifted the mic to her lips, closed her eyes, and started to sing, sinking into the lyrics and notes. Even with how much I despised her, I couldn't stop the chills from prickling every square inch of my skin. If her voice had come out of the business end of Dumbledore's Elder Wand, it couldn't have cast a more powerful spell over people. Last year, Kenny Browser's dad had wept during one of her performances, like full-on streaming tears. My attempts at singing, with or without the curse, sounded like a stray cat getting slowly backed over by a pickup truck. What must it be like to have such a talent, to wield such a power, to have expression and mastery over something like Candace had, to be seen and adored for what you could do? I absently rubbed one of my earlobes, pressing my fingers on a piercing hole. I used to get compliments on my earrings, toilet bowls, Captain America shields, dangling snakes. I tried not to think about it, just like I tried not to think about how it would be to have what Candace had. Lingering on big dreams was a good way for a cursed girl to accidentally draw attention and get in trouble, doubly so with Candace nearby. My pocket buzzed, snapping me from my thoughts. I slipped out my phone, careful to cover the glow of the screen, as I read the new message from my gamer group chat. I rolled my eyes. We had an online raid tonight in Warcraft of Empires, a popular online role-playing game. The group was divided on strategies. Half wanted to send the rogues out ahead to scout, while the others thought we wouldn't have time and needed the barbarians and paladins to push immediately into Skullgrinder's keep. I wasn't even close to being the strongest or most experienced character in our group, but somehow it always fell to me to keep the peace and come up with a workable strategy before the whole thing imploded, which it threatened to do before almost every big raid. I typed my response suggesting they send the rangers and elves out in front with the rogues while our slow-moving characters methodically pushed in with the wizards. The solution seemed obvious but it often took an outsider's perspective to see these kind of things. I wasn't exactly a lifelong gamer like most of the group. Video games had been more of a recent find. A way to operate from the digital shadows, the curse, for whatever reason, seemed not to have made the jump online. Must have been an old analog curse. Made sense coming from my grandma. Old school curse for an old school lady. I watched the chat and stared at the three jumping dots that indicated someone was already typing a response. I held my breath and crossed my fingers. The raid had to go through. For someone whose social life revolved around actively avoiding all social situations, these video game events were basically all I had. Tiffany, open traveler curtain one. A voice came over my headset. What? I said, looking up from my phone. Traveler 1 Tiffany, open it now. 
It was Marco, the tech crew team lead. From his tone, I could tell he said it more than twice. I fumbled my phone back into my pocket and snatched a nearby rope, pulling it down as fast as I could, like some pirate working the sails during a hurricane. Pulleys squeaked as Marco barked into the headset. Tiffany! I'm going as fast as I can, I hissed back, not wanting to raise my voice and draw too much attention. I kept my head down and pulled harder, faster. You're pulling the front curtain. I looked up to see a confused Candace trapped between the now-closed main curtain. Oh no, I gasped, grabbing an adjacent rope and yanking down even faster than before to reopen the main curtain. I dashed to another rope and tugged open a second set of curtains, revealing a group of three backup dancers at the rear of the stage. I took deep breaths, as much from the stress as from the exertion, and placed my rope-burned palms on my knees. Yeah, I think we already missed our mark, one of the dancers sneered while the others laughed. While her pixie-cut strawberry blonde hair and freckles made her look nothing like Candace, she was every bit as beautiful and intimidating. The music stopped abruptly, and my pounding heart seemed to hold for its next beat. Even concealed in the backstage darkness, I felt like all the spotlights in the world were blazing down on me. Please don't let Candace know it's me. Please don't let Candace know it's me. I chanted the words in my brain like some incantation to ward off the curse. From the top, Mrs. Willard intoned, sitting alone down in the auditorium seats. She clapped her hands three times. Her large turquoise bracelets clattered like dice in a cup. Her black-rimmed glasses, shock of white hair, and hippie-style outfits made her an icon as the drama teacher at Peak View Middle School. She'd made a name for herself by implanting her own random musical numbers into every one of her plays, and this version of Peter Pan was no exception. We haven't the time to waste, my dears. The play is in two weeks, and this musical number will be the crowning jewel. We do not practice until we get this right. We practice until we cannot get it wrong. Candace furrowed her perfect eyebrows and made a show of glancing around backstage. Well, I think we might be in trouble then, because apparently there's a lot of ways for someone to get the curtains wrong. I gulped and took a step backward, retreating deeper into the darkness. I could feel the curse searching for me like Sauron's eyes, trying to find Sam and Frodo on their way to Mount Doom. I tensed, bracing for someone to yell my name to identify the culprit. But nothing happened. Candace had sent someone, not Tiffany. My armor of darkness had done its job against the curse. After running through Candace's special Lost Boys number a few more times, Mrs. Willard finally stood. That's a wrap, my beauties. Same time tomorrow. I whipped out my phone like some cowboy unslinging his revolver on a quick draw. 146 unread messages. That meant the team was either arguing or excitedly strategizing. I held my breath and scanned the conversation, a smile creeping across my face. They'd liked my strategy and had been busy working through tactics. The raid was still on. Let's go, I said, pumping my fist. Tiffany, I jumped as Marco yapped into my earpiece. I need to get a commitment from you to do better on the curtains. I said nothing. It was one thing to get chewed out by the teacher, but Marco was just another student on a power trip. Tiffany, he repeated. What's that, Quinn? I said to no one as I held down my talk button 
Anne pretended not to hear Marco. Oh, sure thing. No, the math test is tomorrow, not Friday. Okay, I'm just going to put my mic back, and then I gotta run. Peace. Tiffany? Tiffany. I could hear Marco even without my earpiece. I retreated into the curtains and waited. 30 seconds later, I saw Marco come onto the stage from the direction of the radio equipment storage cabinet, spinning around in circles with his hands on his hips like he was trying to find a bike that had just been stolen. I smiled as he quickly gave up and stormed off. That was one thing about bumbling into countless embarrassments over the last two years. I'd leveled up a bit. If the curse was looking to use Marco to catch me off guard, it was fooling itself. Maybe two years ago, but not now. I waited until the auditorium had cleared out before slipping from the curtains. I glanced around to make sure I was alone and tentatively walked forward to where Candace's spotlight had been. With eyes closed tight, I imagined being someone else. Someone who didn't have to slink around in the shadows. Someone who could sing or dance or play the guitar in front of a crowd of adoring students. Maybe even the old me, but leveled up a bit. Green hair back, new set of trippy earrings. I could almost feel the, oh my gosh, please tell me you saw that boy working the spotlights. I jumped at the voice and skittered to the shadows like a scared mouse. I reached up and felt my headset. I'd forgotten I was still wearing it. Someone must have left their mic on when they turned theirs back in, and it was picking up a nearby conversation. Against my better judgment, I reached down to the receiver clipped on my belt and turned up the volume. You mean, did I smell him? It was Candace's voice, laughing. I thought someone had brought in spicy Taco Bell from a hot car. At least he could do his job, someone said. What about whoever was doing the curtains? Like, does she even go to school here, or does she just live under the stage? She totally lives under the stage. Oh my gosh, she's like our very own Phantom of the Opera. The group erupted into laughter. Except the Phantom was good for something, right? Yeah, and he covered his face with a mask. It was Candace again. We're center stage doing a legit three-minute song and dance routine, and she, like, can't even get the curtains right. More laughing. Candace... You know who that was, right? My eyes went wide. No, no, no. It's the poem girl. It's totally ugly cry girl. No way, Candace said. I thought she'd transferred away or something years ago. Facts. She's on the tech crew webpage here. There was a pause. This wasn't happening. This couldn't be happening. Oh my gosh, Candace said, vicious delight dripping from every word. Look at those bangs. It looks like she cut them with a weed whacker. They're to cover that forehead. Forehead? That's more like an eight head. What's her name? Tiffany Tut. I clicked off my receiver and slowly removed my headset. I was frozen, my whole body numb. Why had this happened? How had this happened? I had kept to the shadows. I hadn't tempted the curse. I hadn't stepped out of line. I could handle it being anyone but Candace. Two years ago, she had used one of my most vulnerable moments to make me into a laughingstock. I had sacrificed so much of myself to make sure it wouldn't happen again, and yet here I was. My view of the backstage blurred with tears as I wrapped my arms around my chest, bracing against the imploding tightness. Be brave, Tiffany. Let the world see my shining star. The phrase was an unrelenting mock. Let the world see? The world had seen. 
and it had laughed. I didn't know how I could ever even face four girls at my school, let alone the world. My grandma was wrong. I was the opposite of anyone's shining star. I was a black hole. And that is the end of the chapter. What do you guys think will happen next? What do you think of Tiffany's curse? And what is Candace going to do? She sounded far too happy. Do you think Tiffany's going to break her curse or embrace it? I know we know from the summary that she's going to be able to steal talents. And how is that going to happen? I am intrigued. And if you are also intrigued, you can check this book out in our library. We have a physical edition of it. Let us know if you need any library card help. All of our librarians are happy to help, of course. If you didn't find this chapter intriguing enough to check out, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. Please check the show notes for some read-alikes. And thank you for listening. Join me next time for another Next Reads.